Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, Executive Editor of Recode. Thanks for listening to Recode Replay. Here's one of the interviews from the stage of the Code Commerce Series in Las Vegas. If you like this interview, please leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Recode Replay. So, we got a lot to talk about. Um, well, I think what makes mo- most sense is probably to start out with some of the newsiest stuff, which is um, been on a bit of an acquisition spree yourself yep. since you've been acquired, I guess, only, is it six months ago? Six so, months right around the day. Yeah. yeah. So, um, just quickly run through them. Most recently is a company called ModCloth. Um, women's fashion retailer, mostly online. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did Shoebuy, Moose Jaw, and before you were acquired by Walmart, uh, you did Hay Needle, which That's is right, yeah. uh, furniture. So what, I have some assumptions on what the strategy is, but what is the, how, big, how big a part of your overall strategy is acquisitions, and what is this acquisition strategy? So, yeah, so I think, I mean, I think long-term, the game is won and lost in the long tail for a mass merchant. I think, you know, it's easy to get you know, parity of assortment on sort of the head and more commoditized stuff like toys and electronics. When it starts to get long tail like home and shoes and fashion, um, it's much harder. And so we thought faster to accelerate those categories by buying companies that already had expertise, relationships with the manufacturers, and great product content. Uh, We've also empowered these leaders to actually run that category across both Walmart and Jet. So it's, it's worked out. Really so that well means so they're going to run. They're going to run their own business. They're going to run that category on Jet.com. Should their vendors decide to sell on Jet? Or just, I mean, not only their own vendor relationships. Just run the entire. Like Mike Cerbella, for example, the shoe buy CEO. He's going to run and be responsible for shoes, the retail shoe business on Walmart, Jet, and Shoe Buy. So to sort of bring it, bring it all together. So I think another thing these these acquisitions have in common is I think they've all been. You haven't announced all the prices. I think they've all been under 100 million, and some of them have been in not great financial situations. So I'm curious: is this strictly opportunistic, or it, like companies who don't have a lot of options, and you feel there are some there is some value in their brand and what they do, or or what? Like, would would you be doing these deals if they were a couple hundred million dollars? Yeah, I think for every vertical. There's different players, and it just so happens we've been fortunate to find these incredible gems of assets with great relationships, you know, great product quality that we've been able to get at a, at a pretty good price. But it might not always, might not always be that, that way. Right. And so should, should we see this pace of and cadence of acquisitions continue? We're being pretty active, yeah. I mean, we're, uh, we're behind, and we need to catch up. And... You know, we're, we're, we've seen what these acquisitions have done to the business. It's definitely, you know, been a nice surge in the categories that we've been acquiring, and so we will continue to do it. We, it's, a, it's a great way to sort of quickly build out that tail of assortment. And, and the other way, and I'm assuming you're thinking in some of these categories, the other way would be, you know, building out on your own, building these brand relationships that would take... Is it, is it the time? Are you skipping steps? Is that the main reason? It's definitely time. Um, you know, shoe buy, for example, might have 30 or 40, you know, shoe merchants. The relationships are set. They've got been taking images and writing descriptions for the last 10 plus years. It's just, it's a, yeah, it's a lot of heavy lifting to, to simultaneously be good at every one of these categories. So if you, if you from my perspective, if you, if you try to imagine a scenario where, where Walmart would have an advantage over, in, in the digital world, over someone like your former employer, 
Amazon, you would you think that the in-store experience has to be transformed in a way that it is actually that there's an advantage there, that there are some things Amazon and other digital pure plays can't do that are either more convenient for people. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I'm tracking very closely at Walmart is what like what are those things? What yeah. are the things that the stores allow that really make it a better experience for people? And so either I'm curious, either things that are coming or, or things that maybe I'm missing, like what are those things yeah, so today we, and where do you need to go? No, it's a great, there are definitely significant advantages of having the Omni. It's not maybe as, it's a little more nuanced than you may think. So it's not just simply. Are you telling me that was a bad question, just like Katrina? <laughs> no, I think it was a great question. Actually, uh, we'd like to announce something today. This is the first and sort of many things that we'll be doing to sort of leverage the Omni in a way that, that Pure Place can't. But I, I personally think this is really cool. If you now go into a Walmart store and you buy diapers, dog food, shaving cream, and um, you'll see all those purchases in your easy-to-reorder list on mobile and, and on your web. Apps coming coming real soon. But I think so, that... So let me, let me just run through that again. So going in, you're basically going to take what your purchases from in-store and make them available to you. In a really easy list. And the can, reason why you need that or want that as a customer is is what? Well, if you try and... You, the average person will buy, you know, 100 different consumable products. Go online and try and find those precise 100 things that you're looking for and build a list. It takes a really long time. You could simply go into a Walmart store, buy 100 things, and when you get home, it's like neatly organized right on the home page. Easy reorder. There are your 100 things. They're sorted by how often you buy them, categorized nicely. There's no latency to add them to cart. You could just go ding, 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 and check out. So I think... Yeah, so that's a, you remove, that's a convenience, convenience You remove a lot of the setup costs. In the future, you'll be able to bring that list back into the store so you can see all the things that you typically buy. Make sure that, like, I think that's just, like, for starters. There are some big things that we have in the works that are coming. We have something to announce in April, which we're really excited about, which I think is going to... Is it April? It's not it's April, not April yet? yet? No. Okay. So, um, but, but, why, why don't you give us a little peek? Your PR people are like, they're having drinks. They're, they're having, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, I think I'll just, I, it's something I mentioned in the, last, in the last session. When you think about the fact that Walmart is doing the volume it's doing in those stores means that it's buying, Walmart is able to buy in truckload quantities and bring them into warehouses and deliver truckload quantities of product out to over 4,000 points of distribution. So, so, that makes it really cost-effective to bring things from a fulfillment center to a local area. It doesn't necessarily mean you want to stock the stores and then go in the stores and then pick the product and then deliver it. That's yep. not very efficient, but leveraging the power of a centralized fulfillment network, leveraging you know, better buying because you're buying because there's so much volume, and then being able to move that product in full truckloads, that's not to be underestimated, the power of that, especially in areas like Fresh. Um, Fresh meaning gro grocery. Fresh grocery, exactly. Yeah. Um, at a very high level, I wonder when they when the company acquired you and Jet, are they is the Wal are, are they trying to do a better job reaching the current Walmart customer in new and innovative ways, or does Walmart think it has enough um, elasticity in its brand to actually reach out to new 
new customers who might have thought of have one one thought when they think Walmart. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious when you like you think about your job, is it serving the current Walmart customer or is it attracting new? And you're not allowed to say both. Yeah, no, I think the advantage of having both Jet and Walmart is that we can position both brands um, in in unique ways to serve a different customer that's not overlapping. So Jet is going to focus on serving the urban higher income millennial sort of shoppers and Walmarts who everywhere aren't else. Amazon who you think or know aren't Amazon Prime shoppers or can be or can be cannot be yeah I mean it's just I think the brand we're seeing that the jet brand is resonating with higher income urban millennials and we're growing very fast in that, what is it in that what, area. Do, what is it about the brand or what jet is doing that you think is doing that is it this is it is it the savings I, mean? I, I, well, I think it's empowering pe- it's empowering people to shop smarter um, I think people don't want to feel like they've been taken um, with respect to pricing, that they're shopping smarter. There's definitely something to that. I think just the brand itself, just the look and feel, the, the hundred little tiny touch points. Um, every day we're adding and doing new things to delight customers. We're investing a lot in customer care. It's, it's definitely, we're elevating and pushing the brand higher. We're attracting higher end brands as well on Jet, and I think that'll continue. And what, what categories are your... No, in, in, in all categories. It's just we're definitely uh, elevating the experience. We, we've just launched, um, we created, I did a thousand personalized videos using a thousand I, I different one, names. I saw one of those. You did were you? like riding a bicycle in a yeah. warehouse. I was like, that doesn't look like Mark, yeah. but it was you. Well, that's not something that a typical mass player would do. Right. It's definitely, you know, the goal is to sort of connect, uh, build that emotional connection to the customer in a way that that's not traditionally done. And, and we can focus on doing things like that because the brands are sort of separate, right? Um, when I, I had you on a podcast, Kara's podcast, she turned it over to me for a couple hours, which was nice of her. Um, it was, I think it was about 15 months ago, so it was pre-acquisition. And I asked you, like, like, what are you doing? Like, going after Amazon, this seems crazy. And your answer at the time, I believe, was something along the lines of, it doesn't have to be Amazon. Like this is a huge market. There's no clear cut number two. That's what you said then. Yep. You now work at Walmart. Do you have a different answer for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, you're definitely starting to see Walmart Jet combine pick up some momentum. We uh, we had a great fourth quarter, growth 36% GMV, and beginning Q1 with the launch of two day free shipping, we saw a nice uptick in sales as a result of that. So, so we're starting to see the momentum. That's kind of table stakes though, right? Like today, I mean, two, is, that the, is that the reason you do it? Yeah. It seems, one hand you could say like that should have been done Well, two, like two days ta- two days table stakes without having to pay a membership for it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's it? So we're getting it? Okay, I'll go next. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, another, I think when, when the acquisition happened, um, one of the things that surprised some people on one hand was that you, I think, I believe your, your deal with Walmart is you'll stay at least five years. Um, some reporters and I in the space like have an ongoing bet about whether that happens or not. But <laughs> I'm curious about like what needs, like what needs to change for you to feel more and more confident that this is a place you could be for the long haul? Yeah, no, I think it, it already, I already know. So, you know, before the acquisition happened, I spent a lot of time with Doug McMillan, the CEO. We built an incredible amount of trust um, early days, and he's sort of delivered on everything he said he would and more. 
Which and is Mark like, I'm going which to turn, is, turn this way and you go and yeah, which, do which is really want. empowering me and the team to do what needs to be done, to move as fast as we need to move um, to accelerate growth in e-com and, and win over the long term. And I think, you know, I've been there, like you said, almost six months. Um, we've been it's able the honey, to... Still the honeymoon a little bit. Right? Still the honeymoon. Although okay. we've been through holidays together. So. <laughs> we, we had an opportunity to completely restructure the business. Um, We've made three acquisitions and we're looking to do more. Uh, we've launched the two-day free shipping, dropped the minimum to 35. And like I said, there's a bunch of things kind of like that are coming in the next few months that we've been able to do. The only way to get that much done in, in that period of time is really, you know, to allow us to kind of move and act like we're a startup. And that's what it feels like. We're just, we're just running. I mean, it doesn't feel any different being inside Walmart than it did running Jet. Zero. This is Nothing. my like really, okay. Absolutely no. Even difference. in, in fact, even in I Arkansas. can make the argument. I can make the argument that we're running faster because I don't have to worry about raising money. Like the capital is there. You're the pretty good. Committed. You're, you were pretty good at the raising money. The there, <laughs> <laughs> but it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. The, the capital's there, and um, we've we've basically been able to take the best of both companies and sort of bring it together. So we brought the back-end logistics together. We share back-end logistics now, and we share merchandising in the retail organization. So we have sort of one merchant for each category across both sites. And we've been able to take sort of the best people on both sides and, and build an all-star team. Teams fired up, we've got momentum, we've got assets that, that no one else has that we're gonna be levering in, in, in a really unique way in the, in the coming months that I think people will be, uh, um, Interested to see. So I'm really excited. So, so six months in, um, how are you actually spending your time? So I think a lot about you're not running Jet.com day to day anymore, right? That's, that's right. That's that's Eliza Landsman, mm -hmm. who was previously she had a title that chief customer officer, right? Which felt like a, a startup. I thought it would, it, <laughs> whatever. It was it was a startup title that was, but she was on your senior executive team and is now running day to day. So what is your involvement in Jet? Is it is it the same as it is for the companies you've acquired that um, I'm, I'm trying to get a feel for how you're actually spending your time, if not running jet.com? Yeah, I mean, I'm spending a lot of time. I spent a lot of time, obviously, on restructuring, getting the right people in the right, in the right spots, working a lot on, on getting the culture right. Um, and then sort of just really strategy is, is figuring out what big moves we need to make, whether it be acquisitions, whether it be two-day shipping, whether it be some of the things we're working on that are coming, coming down the pipe soon. Um, that's really what, what the job's focused on. What is, when you look at the competitive landscape, what does success for you look like five years from now? Like, how will you judge? I mean, you still have a job that's like that's like one bar to clear, but like, how yeah. do you how do you judge whether whether the acquisition was a success, and how long and how long do you need to to sort of feel that feel that out? Or maybe yeah, I, think, I should ask Doug, but yeah, no, I think I mean. Five years, we can definitely do, do a lot of damage. I mean, I'm hoping to see progress a lot sooner than that, where we know that we're starting to we sort of turn the corner. I mean, in the short term, looking at you know, the e-commerce growth rate, I think is one, is one big way. Also, just the experience. So we've created an, um, a new metric, which we call the Customer Value Prop Index, the CVI. It's basically... You brought that from Jet? No, we, we, I mean, with knowledge from Jet, but we sort of made it up. Okay. New, you know, and it's basically <laughs> um, have it, find it, display it, price it, deliver it. Okay. Five well, bell walk us through that quickly. Yeah. Do you have the products people want? Can they find the products? 
are they displayed with the information that's necessary to make a decision? Is it priced right? Is it delivered fast? Like those are sort of the five bellwethers. And we've, we've had a, an external company, actually, Jordy's here. Stella, thank you. Um, call out to Jordy. <laughs> uh, Jordy's team has done a great job of independently sort of uh, taking a series of SKUs and putting them through this filter and scoring us against how, we, how we're doing um, relative to the market and just sort of perfection. And what do you, what do, you, do, what do, you and, do with that information? Well, that's, now we've got the information, we're, we've got the transparency, and the goal is to push all of them you know, to 100%. Do we have every product people want? Can you find it easily? And so we've sort of changed the, the sort of workings of the company from being output focused saying, okay, what's our GMV, what's our margin, all these sort of outputs, to say, forget about, forget about the outputs. Outputs will be right in the long term. Let's focus all of our attention on getting these inputs right. And it's actually, it sounds pretty nuanced, but it actually has made a big difference already. And every day, every week, every month, all we care about is, are we adding more products and brands people want? Are they priced right? Can people find them? Is the information right? You know, because to date, quite frankly, we haven't done a great job. And we're focused on a lot of things, a lot of shiny objects and, and a lot of outputs and things and not on the, on the inputs. And if you get the inputs right, and so we're basically just, we're hiring a lot more merchant people, merchandisers, and we're this having is for them, on, This is for online exclusively? Yeah, for yeah. online, for .com, and having them focus on very narrow categories and just perfecting it. And we're just going category by category. And so five years from now, the goal would be that, yeah, we've, we've, got, we've got every category like perfected. The CVI is near 100% across the board. That's the goal. And prime customers are coming over, or, or are we going to talk about the whatever percentage of U.S. households are in prime customers, and those are the target? Yeah, this is a long-term game. You know, we're offering two-day free delivery on two million products. The top million products sold online represent two-thirds of everything bought online. So having two million products on, on free two-day is most of what you want um, with a pretty low minimum. So we think that's a really compelling value prop given the prices that we're offering. Um, and we feel like we're, we're well positioned to, to target that, that mass customer. I want to loop back to the acquisitions for one second. Um, uh, you know, when, when a company gets acquired by Walmart and if they have a core customer base and it's not a Walmart customer base, that Walmart name can be scary in a lot of ways. And we saw this with the most recent mod cloth acquisition where, you know, just search, you know, social media and you see some like people freaking out like, I, I'm just not going to shop mod cloth anymore because yeah. of Walmart. I'm sure there have been other instances. People say that about, yeah, every, they said that about diapers.com. They say it about every acquisition. There's always some people. There's a different diapers commodity. I mean, you had a special service there, but diapers commodity, this is not commodity. So I wonder, mm -hmm. like, do you think, do you have to worry about that as you're either pitching companies on acquiring them? Um, or how, how do you look yeah, at I don't, that, I don't, that I don't worry about it. If we, were gonna, if we were going to tomorrow take the products on mod cloth, and put them on Walmart and discontinue investments in the, at them as an independent brand, absolutely, I get it. And I'd, I'd be complaining too. We're not doing that. We're keeping them as a fully independent um, subsidiary and we're gonna invest aggressively in the business and the business and the customers are gonna be better off as a result. That's, that's the bottom line. They've done some amazing things to empower women and we wanna, you know, we believe in that as well. We believe in the power of empowering people and we're gonna invest invest aggressively there. Okay. So. Um, I think we got time for one more and then I'm thinking we're going to have some from the audience. Um, let's just look, 
one year one year forward. Um, someone goes and visits Walmart.com uh, and they know what it looked like today. Should they like how how will they know it's you know it's an it's a sort of a new operation with with new blood running it? Like, will there be concrete ways? Or, or is this I, real? Is this really like a decade long? No, change? no. I think in a year. I mean, even it's six months later. If you just look at where it was six months ago, we've now got two million products on two-day shipping. Before the ship times were three to five days, so you've got that. If you shop and buy consumables, um, you've got almost the entire in-store assortment and much more available and on stock. Like it's a pretty clean experience on consumables, and we're going to you know, be aggressive about about making sure that foundation is correct. And at the same time, we're adding product from Hay Needle and Shoe Buy, Moose Jaw, you know what I mean? Um, Are those products being added to Walmart well, proper the, or the no? brands, the brands that want to be on and want that exposure, yes. Certain brands might not. Maybe they'll be on Jet first, and then we'll see. But um, you just see the CBI index continue to climb. You'll just see more products, better pricing, faster delivery times. It's the basic fundamentals will get better. And it's one of those things where you know, one day you'll go to the site and have an amazing experience and you won't ever shop anywhere else. I'll say thanks, Mark. Okay, let's get some questions from the audience. I'm sure we, no, come on. All right, here, we got, actually we'll start here and then we'll come to you, Julie. Uh, please tell us who you are, what company you're from. Yeah, my name is Ravi Kaniganti and I work for Zebra Technologies. So Mark, I would like to know, you know, comment, your comments on global, you know, footprint. Like, you know, for example, we talked about the U.S. side of it. I know you have uh, investment in JD.com in China, and there was a rumor, you know, a couple of months back that you are investing in Flipkart. So, what is your global, you know, again with, with growing uh, economies like India and China, uh, what's your uh, strategy there? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good question. I am. Uh, my mandate is to crush the U.S. I'm responsible for the U.S. The in, the so you could speculate on the other side. Yeah, the global the, 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 the global e-commerce businesses, the new structures that they're reporting directly into the sort of country CEOs. Um, I think you know the, the first order of business and priority is to make sure that we win in the U.S. And it's obviously a, win, a, a much bigger opportunity. I mean, this with all respect, is win being number two or like what is win? What is, what is win? win? Win means win. Okay. Okay. All right. It's not going to happen in 12 months, but win means win. Okay, cool. Uh, do we have another mic up here for Julie? Tell the audience here. Hi, Mark. I'm Julie Bornstein. I'm at Stitch Fix. Nice to see you. Hey, Julie. It's been fun to hear you speak twice today. <laughs> Thanks for doing that. So This I guess, one's better. Yep. Uh, definitely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, although Scott did a good job, too. Um, I have two questions. One is, I guess they're both a little bit double clicks on things that Jason has already asked, but I'm still curious about. One is a little more about the ModCloth acquisition, and just specifically, I mean, it's a fairly small brand, um, and, you know, from reports, it hasn't had a ton of growth. And so I'm curious, why are you guys looking to add brands to develop kind of a grouping of exclusive brands to sort of the Walmart and Jet opportunity um, because they had a you know have a beloved following with a fairly specific customer base. The second is is Jet your still the focus to get share away from Amazon. Okay. So <laughs> easy ones, layups. Yeah. So so with respect to ModCloth, yeah, I mean I think I I think the brand does have an amazing loyal following. I think 
the product is is really unique. I think what they're doing to empower women is is, is really impressive, and I think there's a lot we can learn from that brand. Um, I also think there is an opportunity to acquire uh, brands like Mod that are sort of vertically integrated, great margins, and it is unique product that's only, not found anywhere else. Only some could. of the businesses is exclusive, right? And ModCloth, they sell but a, their... But a good portion of it, yeah. Okay. But, a good, but I think it's that portion of the business that is most interesting. Um, and, and I think there's opportunities, yeah, to have unique assortment and look at other vertically integrated brands as well. Um, in terms of taking share from Amazon, I don't really think about it that way. I think about... Come on. I, I don't think about taking share away from Amazon. Okay. I think about you know, taking share from the market as a whole. Yep. This is going to be a trillion dollars in 10 years. I think about how do you get to 10, 20, 30, you know, how do you get a you know, big percentage of that share? Um, and the best way to do it is to sort of make sure that you sort of got both brands positioned, you know, in a way that, that where there's the least overlap and the most opportunity to sort of, you know, get more share. So that's what we're doing. And it's, I think it's working. Um, we have one right here. Tell us who you are, please. Sure. Uh, my name is Paul Much. I have a little retail business called Craniology, which nobody here has ever heard of. It's a rounding error for Moose or sort of that sort of scale. But um, we, we sell on Amazon. We have some physical stores as well. But my question is, um, so on, from a marketplace perspective, to be able to um, bring our brands that we work with, GoPro, pick the name, pick the um, the leading outdoor brands we work with, they're absolutely deathly afraid of the W, and it's a very difficult story to be able to communicate to uh, to a conservative uh, brand who doesn't want to be associated with Walmart, etc. So, just ask a question about tools and help and ways that we can tell your story to our brand partners and be able to um, expand your marketplace and bring products that either boost your or add to the, the mix that yeah, Mr. and yourselves can have? That's a, that's a great question. So I mean, we've had a lot of success so far in getting brands to come onto Jet first before Walmart. So because Jet is, is you know, geared for a more premium higher-end customer, um, that the brands feel more comfortable going on there. And then it's just building relationship, doing, doing business, doing what you say, um, and then hopefully over time, you know, proving that we can take some of these brands to, to Walmart. I think the brand, um, the store brand of Walmart is, is different from online in terms of the type of customer that shops there. If you look at the demographics, it is a higher end, more affluent customer that shops on walmart.com than in stores. And it'll take time, but I think, you know, we can, we can tell that story. Uh, I'll take one more. Okay, right here. Hello, Andrew from Turn 5. Um, I have a question for you about people, something unrelated to everything you guys have been talking about. That's a great, uh, I like people, yeah. so let's do it. But, <laughs> that's good, it's a good yeah. start. Yeah. How, how do you find people to add to your team um, that are you know, good at taking big calculated risks in e-com? Um, you know, we've... Uh, it's easy to find people who want to take big bets. And what I'm talking about, big calculated risks, are, you know, with Jet.com, you guys were spending hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars and telling people that your only intent was to spend more hundreds of millions of dollars on customer acquisition, <laughs> on crazy marketing. Uh, um, you know, there's people who love to take really big bets with other people's money. Uh, there's fewer people who are, you know, willing to take other people's bet to, to take really big bets with other people's money and do it in a calculated way. How do you find those people and add those people to your team? Sure, that's that's a good. And, and a now good you question. do have Wall Street, right? So like your public mar markets, like 
the risk, there's, there's like a leash on the risk. Yeah. Or the risk you could take. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, you said something that resonated with me about, you know, it's easy to take other people's money and spend it because it's not your own. And I think, you know, if you're a missionary, like versus a mercenary, you look and think about things differently. I mean, when you think about taking people's money, um, you think about them placing their trust in you and wanting to do the right thing even more so because they've placed your tr their trust in you. And, and I think that's the value system we tried to create at JET. It's really around trust and empowerment. And, um, and that's why I think we connected so well with, with Doug and Walmart because they really trusted us and, and wanted to empower us. And when I look at hiring people, I'm looking for people that are more missionary than mercenary and making sure that they're there for the right reasons. It's not about how much money you're gonna pay them because as soon as somebody pays them more, they'll go and leave. So that's why you're, you're that in really Hoboken and not Silicon Valley? No, it's because I live in New Jersey. But. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think, I think we're about out of time. Um, Mark, thank you. Okay, thanks. Thanks for listening to Recode Replay. Remember to leave us a review at itunes.com slash Recode Replay. And be sure to check out our other podcasts. Every Monday, I host Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas, and how they're changing the world we live in. On Thursdays, you can hear Recode Media, in which Peter Kafka interviews the smartest and most interesting people in the media world. And on Friday, I host Two Embarrassed Ask, along with Lauren Good of The Verge. You can find all these shows and more at recode.net or wherever you listen to your podcasts.